so true. Hey, man, welcome uh, to Wednesday night. Uh, Ben's hanging out with me, and I'm actually kind of excited about tonight. I'm a little nervous, but one of ah, the, don't be nervous. I know I probably shouldn't. Be. <laughs> one of the things that we're we're gonna wrestle through tonight, um, we're, we've actually cut back. I, I don't have an outline for tonight, um, other than the scripture. We have the Bible, and it's going to walk us through this process. But one of the things that we wanted to do is Ben and myself and others, we've been really benefiting from being uh, engaged in conversation and talking through the text and wrestling through it. And we wanted to show you tonight, we wanted to do this in front of you on the camera, how we take the text and wrestle with it and, and some of the work that we do just using our own study Bibles. And that's all we have tonight. Um, well, I got this too. well, yeah, we have our, we have Google as well, <laughs> yeah. but we'll see if that works. Ju Julie may be sending us texts yeah. with, "Hey, don't say that." Um, <laughs> and uh, but what we what we're gonna do tonight is hopefully it's a little bit more of a conversation, and you're gonna you get to be part of this conversation with us. So here's the deal: you got to get your Bibles because we're not gonna post any scripture on the screen for you. You actually have to get your Bible out, go along with us in this journey, and look for the text. And, and find it in there on your own. And if you're on Facebook with us and you're sitting there going, man, this is great. Ooh, I think they should talk about this scripture. I want you to po post that in your Facebook feed, post that in there and encourage the body. You can be part of what God's doing tonight and encouraging us and encouraging one another in the body as, as we post and share scriptures and, and do that together uh, and let God use the technology tonight to actually encourage yep. and equip the saints. So that's our heart. That's what we're doing. And uh, I'm prepared. You know how I'm prepared? I'm prepared to not prepared. be prepared. I didn't even wear socks today, and I'm not shorts on. I'm just totally winging it. You're, I mean, I'm just like. <laughs> you are <laughs> footloose and fancy free. You know. I wore this to work today. <laughs> I, I want you to. You need to share, though, really, because you did prepare. You and I were talking about this a little bit earlier. What did you do in preparation for tonight? What, what was part of what you did? Uh, well, um, I, first of all, I just read it. I read the first, you know, through the verses. That's um, revolutionary. <laughs> it is. I mean, imagine if the church would open their Bibles and read the text. That's a good place to start. It would be awesome. Yeah. Um, so what I typically do is I'll, I'll read through it. Um, and then I'll go look at a couple commentaries or things like that, just to kind of get a framework mm -hmm. for what others are thinking, yeah, and then typically then just start good diving in verse by verse. My study Bible helps a ton too, right? Absolutely. It gives you more, and then of course the cross-references and stuff. You just start digging in and thinking and looking across it. Yeah. Um, and praying. I think that's that's huge part of that. A huge part of it, but yeah. That's, well, that, that's all I did. I didn't get a whole lot of prep, but... Well, and, but that's what we're going to do, because yeah. that, that's actually what we do is we begin to prepare a text for any kind of sermon, yeah. any kind of pre uh, presentation as we read it, mm. pray through it, uh, there's times where I grab a commentary and get some different perspectives. One of the things I love doing, and, and it's, uh, it's a lot of fun for me, I don't know if it's as fun for the staff, but I, I like get a text and I'm like, hey, 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 you guys got to see this. And so I'll go running in and start preaching it to everybody else in the office. I think that's Julie, why they shut their doors. Those. We can post those videos. Right? I think that's why they close their doors every now and then. They're like, hey, we got to get something done. Leave yeah. us alone. But that's part of... How for me, how the text comes alive is actually sitting down and talking with you about it mm -hmm. and and wrestling through and you know what does it mean when it says like well, like tonight we're going to look at this idea of weeping and howling for the miseries that are coming upon you. Yeah. Oh, well, when we talk about that and we we start to talk about what 
how that impacts us and, and, and what imagery that gives us. Man, it's great to hear your perspective because it helps me to think broad, uh, more broadly about it. It helps me to, to maybe see it from a different perspective than myself. It's one of the great joys for me in studying the Word and some of what we've been doing on Wednesday nights is this dialogue process. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I, I think for me in my life, some of the most rich times I've ever had in the Bible was doing exactly that. Yeah. And I think what you mean, it not takes... listening, not, not listening to some jaw jacker up, yeah. on, a, up on a stage preaching? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. I mean, those are great, too. <laughs> no, but, let's but be I, honest. It's actually not the most meaningful thing that we get out yeah, of the week. Yeah. And I think, I think what it takes, though, is... One, having some people you trust. Yes. But but two, being vulnerable, and it's okay to not have answers, and it's okay right. to kind of dialogue about it. Um, and I think the, the, the key to me is, is I'm not trying to tell you what it says. I'm trying to tell you what I think I'm hearing, yeah. and I want to hear from you what you yep. think, and you can yep, kind of yep, formulate yep. that as you debate and discuss back and forth. Right. Um, I think a lot of times, you know, especially in these types of forums, it's, okay, tell me what it says, or and you feel the pressure of trying to make sure that, you know, what what we're saying is a sermon or anything else no it's like let's talk it out let's, yeah let's think about it together and and i think that's to me that's i love doing that yep. and you know i think it's it's a different perspective it's a different approach but it's it, to me it's the most rich because i like to think out loud which is why i talk a lot <laughs> it's it works <laughs> it works <laughs> and i love i love what you said the one of the key things is having somebody that you can trust and not having to have the answers um, because I, I think way too often we come into this, we come into a setting like this. We're, we're looking at James chapter five, verses one through six, and we're going to approach this text tonight, not not to tell other people how to see it, not to tell them how to apply it, but to to really wrestle with the question and say, God, how do I apply this? What are you telling me? And when I trust you, when I have a relationship with somebody that I can say, man. I, and I know Ben, he, he's got my best in, in, in view of whatever we're doing. Um, when I share something and, and I'm wrestling with a text and I say something, I'm confident that as God speaks through you, through the text, as we do that together, I'm built up. I'm, I'm either sharpened, which is normally the process of taking off some of the metal, you know, <laughs> removing some of, the, some of the product, but at the same time built up and encouraged in that process. I think it's an incredibly important piece of the church yeah. um, that at times is lost in the sermon process. Yeah, absolutely. Because I don't get the dialogue yeah. when I'm preaching like I do when we sit down and go through this together. This is right. very meaningful and rich for me. Yeah. Well, and I think sermons have their place, right? But I Absol think sure. But I think that, you know, if you really want to dig in, the only way to dig in is to start having that dialogue yep. and really and take it for yourself. And, you know, you can go to a sermon and be fed a little bit. But I mean, it's, when you, when you engage at this level, yep. I, I, it's way more rich, at least yeah. for me. I mean, that's been my experience. Yeah. I, I believe it really is. I think it's the great, it's the great calling of the church is, is to, is to feed ourselves all the rest of the week mm. and, and to be in the word and to be, to be really feasting here. Yeah. Um, all the rest of the week. So, Let's feast. Or wait, we're not feasting. We're, 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 we're just going to wrestle with it, and we're going to challenge everybody else to go and yeah, eat exactly. and feast the rest of yeah. the week. We're, yep. 
Sounds good. All right. So you're not getting text tonight. I've already warned you about that once. So just open your Bibles, and uh, we're going to read James chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. Um, I, I'll read it. I'll get started here, and I'll read it out. Uh, I'm using the ESV tonight. Um, and so I'll give you another couple seconds to find your Bibles, to find the passage. James chapter 5, starting in verse 1 through verse 6. The text says this, Come now, you rich, weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have corroded, and their corrosion will be evidence against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasure in the last days. Behold, the wages of the laborer who's mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, are crying out against you. And the cries of the harvester have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived on the earth in luxury and in self-indulgence. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the righteous person. He does not resist you. Oh, that's cheerful. Yay. Whew. You know, part of really wrestling with that is actually let the passage sink in a little bit. And Mm -hmm. let's just be honest. That's brutal. Yeah. One of the things, so I'm reading through this, and, I, and I've read through it multiple times. You know what hit me this time that I hadn't seen before? Eating your flesh like fire, and that the cries out against you, the cries of the harvester, have reached the, the, the Lord of hosts, the ears of the Lord of hosts, of hosts. When you think of something, an injustice, crying out and reaching the Lord, who do you think of? In our in the Old Testament Job? process, you got well, you got Job. Um, but but when when uh, I think of something that's crying out, the the injustices crying out against somebody else that's living r- wrongly, I think of Cain, okay, and Abel, right? Because the blood of Abel cried out. This one that oh, was yeah. that was unjustly treated cries out. Yeah, and the Lord hears it, and He comes and He brings justice. He brings judgment on it. I hadn't seen that before until like as I was yeah. just reading on it, I went. <gasps> Well, I do think that's interesting because whether it's that or it's the Israelites in Egypt or, you know, those different points, it's about justice and God hears the injustice, right? And it's the the saints on the throne in heaven that are crying out for justice, you know, and things like that. I mean, it's, I I think that's an interesting aspect of God is that he is just and he hears the cry of those that are, you know, uh, being unjustly treated, right? And isn't it terrifying that James is saying, you church people are doing this? <laughs> Remember, who is he writing this to? It's the church. Yeah. yeah. So, well, uh, it's, yeah, I, I think to, to apply that to, you know, us in, in general, you know, we talk about, this talks about the rich. And I think he, you know, some of my notes here, the study notes talks about, hey, he's turning his attention to the business people, the wealthy landowners, you know, of the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if you put it into context today, and you look at the United States and the country we live in, the yep. culture we live in, we're all pretty rich compared to lots of other places in the world. Absolutely. Right? And, um, and, and so this is pretty applicable in a lot of ways to, to most of us. Right. right? I, mean, I mean, there clearly are people that are struggling. But in a lot of ways, compared to the rest of the world, we are rich. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we don't like to think of ourselves as rich sometimes, but... Well, and isn't that the danger? I mean, even Jesus says that uh, in the Gospels, um, he talks about the rich uh, getting to the 
getting into the kingdom of God is like fitting through the eye of a camel. Cam- a camel through the camel eye of a needle. Of a needle. That, yeah, how's that I have go? a camel. Look. That would be that'd be kind of hard too. See, this is the fun part of the discussion process. You, we say goofy things, and, and you know, if I had my notes here, I would have had that more clearly lined out. But I would have protected myself from saying something goofy. Yeah. Well, you knew script your jokes and all that kind of stuff. Right? right. Yeah, we read, read, read out the, <laughs> the whole thing. We're in trouble. But it's hard for the rich to get there. Why? Because it's consuming. Yeah. The, the money, the richness, the pursuit of those things is very consuming. It is. Right? And it takes, it takes your focus. It takes, um, you know, your time and energy goes into that. Yeah. Right. And, and I, I think that was one of the things that stuck out to me here is immediately I felt like, wait a minute here. It's not bad to have riches. It's not right. bad to be right. this, these landowners and everything else. Yep. But what stuck out to me was uh, when it says things like, um, uh, in verse four, behold, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, are crying out against you. So it's oh, really, man. it's really referencing this idea of treating others inju- unjustly, yep. right, and yep. withholding their wages, right? Those types of things, and 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 so is really getting to the heart of this pursuit of rich of riches and wealth and those things and the things that we're willing to do. In order to obtain it, oh yeah, you know, and and it's like, are, what what are we doing? Are we stepping on each other just to try to get ourselves higher? Is that what we're doing? We should take just a second and just think about this because we again, you guys, I want you to know we haven't we we really haven't talked yeah. about this. This is we're doing this kind of first time. We we actually met earlier, but we talked about life. We yeah, talked about all kinds of other stuff, and we're like, "Oh, ten minutes. We should probably read the text." So <laughs> it was five. It was five minutes. Oh, but, so we're really doing this live with you. But we should. What are the things when you think about that? You just said something that really grabbed my heart. What What are the things that we that we do? What are the things that we that we go past or or run over to in the pursuit of riches? Hmm. What are the things that we give up or or sell sell short or or uh, um, fail to to care for? I, one of the first things that comes up in my head is our families. When we are focused on money, when we're focused on wealth and riches, our families are typically one of the first things that suffer. Yeah, yeah, because you're in order to to pursue all that, your time yep. and your energy has to go towards yeah. it, right? Again, though, there's nothing wrong with pursuing something. Nothing wrong at all. But when it really starts to sacrifice the time with your family and your kids and your wife, those relationships and those people, all of a sudden that starts taking you down down that track. And I think that's to me, this is a this paints this picture of 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 an end state of a process. Kind of, it's like they got to that process. They didn't just wake up and go, "Oh, I'm there and I'm going to be this way to people." Right? We don't typically. It's a slow fade. You know, it's like you kind of. You, you allow one little thing to creep in and another thing and another thing and another thing and another thing and snowballs and next thing you know, you wake up and you're there yeah. and you've just done all this stuff that you probably said you never would have done, Yep. right? Yep. And, and I look at this as kind of that end state and I go, wow, yeah, to get to that point, it's a long road, but it's a lot of sacrificing of people and relationships and time that, that could have been used a lots of other ways. Absolutely. And again, not bad to... To, to pursue some of those things, but not at the cost of, of other things that are right, greater. Right. right. Well, and it's when, it, it's when it becomes the focal point of our worship, when it becomes the focal point of our life's yeah. pursuit, right. I think that it takes over. And, it, and we, were, we were talking about that it doesn't really matter how much it is. Yeah. This can happen. This can happen for a, a, a young couple who don't have much, 
and and their their focus gets on what they don't have and they can lose complete sight of God's sovereignty, God's provision and the worship of God because of being consumed by their the poverty that they're in. Yeah. And, and vice versa, it can go both ways. Well, and I it, it's interesting because I I saw a meme throw across Facebook uh last week, I think, and can't remember exactly what it said, but it was something to the effect of the the gap between uh more and not enough is infinite or something right, like that where right. it's like is i i feel like i need just a little bit just more a little bit and more. then when you get to a little bit more it's like oh it's not enough right. and so i need just I a just, little bit yeah. more yep. and so that that gap is yep. always you know you're always chasing it right and and it never gets there so kind of that kind of like that the yeah. heart behind all that is well one you're never actually going to have enough no there's no. always more to get right and somebody will always have more Oh, somebody's always going to have more and somebody's always going to have less. Yep. My dad uh, has started saying something lately about, you know, if you, no matter what, oh, he actually said this forever. Um, now that I remember. He hasn't been used, alive forever, but. Well, it used to be you know, like a, a, a motivational point that uh, yeah. he used to give to his football players when he was, when I was a kid, but something to the effect of, um, you know, um, shoot, my, my brain's not working now. <laughs> I lost it. Uh-oh. Um, Oh, never mind. I'll have this to say is, it later. Hey, yeah, that's right. This is part <laughs> of the discussion process. I See, mean, this is problem. as I real these, as it gets. I get all these threads going, and then yep. I'm like, oh, crap, I left that one behind. Where yep. was it? Grab it. Anyway, um, it's the idea of, you know, never having enough and, and yep. always and pursuing those things. I can't remember. That's all. right. It'll, It'll come, come back, back to me. Or yeah. he'll text it to us, and we'll yeah, get it Dad, a little bit. Yeah, if you're watching, text yeah, me. Give us, you, hey, know, what, you know what I'm talking What's that cool saying you always say, Roy? Shoot, I'm so far gone now. I don't even know what was I even saying. Anyway. You know what, you, you made a really good point, though, and I think it's something for us to really to wrestle with. And look, at in this text, he's using judgment language. Mm -hmm. Because, as you, as you said, this is an end-game condition. Uh, James is calling out the church, saying, you guys are living this way, and the results in this will be judgment. Because the sinful behavior that you're pursuing, the worship of money, it, it's going to take you from what you believe you're saying you are, that, that, that's a believer, to where your heart really is, and that's the, the worship part um, uh, of worshiping yourself. I mean, he says self-indulgence, he talks about living in luxury, you've fattened your heart, your heart for a day of slaughter, your flesh, will bur it'll burn like it, in the fire. This is all judgment language. By the way, I remember... I knew it would happen. This is how it goes for us older people. So essentially the saying goes like something to the effect of look north, south, east, and west, and you'll always find somebody that's worse off than you are. Oh, yeah. Kind of the idea. Yep. Anyway, <clears throat> so back because, to this, yeah. Because the perspective, it, it ultimately, even in this, this is really about where the focus is at. James, I mean, that's, that's why James gives them, I, th I think that's why he says weep and howl. I mean, when I think about, when I think about mourning, when I think about lamenting the sinful behavior in my life, I, I rarely come to the point of seeing it as being so devastating that I would break down and weep mourn, yeah. and, and truly mourn. Well, we talked about that a few, uh, shoot, might have been a, a month weeks or so, ago, or a few or weeks month, ago, yeah. whatever, when, when we were talking about sin and, and yep. recognizing that sin in our life and just how it, you should, you just, if you really wrestle with it, how it's just, it, it's awful, and it should just overwhelm you in a way, right? Yeah. And, and I think in this, is kind of the same way. He's basically going, man, this is so rotten, so bad. You should be you know, mourning over where you are. Right. Right? And, and I think, you know, that's pretty powerful if you, if you put that into context. And, you know, the other piece here that sticks out, you know, uh, verse 2, your riches have rotted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have corroded, and their corrosion will be evidence against you. 
uh, and will eat your flesh like fire. Um, mm-hmm. You have laid up treasures in the last days. You know, it's so, I mean, it is so incredibly hard. And I am, I will be the first to admit, I've been there. I've, I've struggled with these things. Um, everything on this earth that we chase after, doesn't matter what it is, every single thing we chase will burn. Yes. It's going to burn up. Right. The only thing that lasts is that relationship those with people, the souls, the, 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 what, that's what's going to last. That is our uh, uh, treasure in heaven. That yep. is our reward yep. in yep. a lot of ways, right? And heaven is, is understanding that it's about eternity and having that eternal perspective. And so when we're chasing after these things, we get lied to. We lie to ourselves because we feel like, oh, we're going to go get the next thing or whatever. But in reality, we're, we're chasing the wind, because right. it will burn, and right. I, I don't know what you're looking up, but I was going to look up. Uh, there's in in John. I don't you know go to John. John. I, I okay. was. I'm going to follow the cross reference that I had in my in the okay. Bible because I think it's. I think it's landing really close to what you're what you're pointing out. Okay. Um, in Matthew, well, I'm looking it up. Um, so if you guys have a study Bible, if when you see the letters in there, those are for cross references. And if you look in the in the side of your Bible, it, m- most of them are on the side somewhere. It'll actually give you the verse and it'll give you the letter and it'll tell you where to go. This is a cross reference that helps to either explain or to support uh, the text that we're in. And so I'm looking up uh, verse three, and it's A in my Bible, which is Matthew six nineteen. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, that, that's one that we've actually read before mm-hmm. um, dealing with this particular issue. Uh, I'm going to read uh, 20 and, uh, 19, 20, and 21. So Matthew 6, verses 19 through 21, um, it says this, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So I think, I mean, it, it's very clearly James is teaching using almost all the similar language and the same imagery that Jesus was using that text going, hey, you mm-hmm. guys, Jesus kind of taught this, this stuff. You guys got to get your head around this. But where our heart is, where our, where our passions lie is, is where, where we end up being. That's where our, our heart truly is. Um, and so if it's focused on earthly financial security then that's all we get mm-hmm. um, but if it's focused on the eternal things if it's focused on the the things of god then we i think we have a more more bountiful reward in that process and there, there's greater reward in our lives when we're focused on that I had a friend who goes well yeah but that that's not it's not about um, being the you know the old saying so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. No earthly good, yeah. It, 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 our the goal isn't for us to 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 dismiss all earthly things and and to put our minds in such you know to be so heavenly minded that, that that's not the point. It's to be. It's to have our passions aligned with that of God. Yeah. And and this what James is pointing out seems to be a, a people that their passion and their and their pursuits were in line with their financial their financial greed and their own their own what does he say that their hearts are fattened they lived in luxury and self indulgence well that's not like our culture not at, at all, all is it uh, well not not us I mean <laughs> I don't have two wait I do have two ply toilet paper <laughs> dang it that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Wow. We can see, see no script. We could go off the road. That's the problem when you get two guys up here. We can go right to seventh grade in no time at all. 
In <laughs> fact, it is a proven fact. One of our office managers believe or staff think that we're um, I, I effectively reached 13 years old. Nice. So. <laughs> well, I can't find my the passage in John that I was referring to, but essentially what it's referring to is um, the idea that, you know, all of these things are going to burn up. And, you know, he'll, the, the, the man will go through it, through the fire. Oh, yeah. And all, yeah, his, yeah. all his possessions, all these things will be burned up. But he'll be saved. Right. But it's as if he walked through fire. And, you know, you get this picture of, you know, he's kind of walking through and the smoke coming off his head. But he made it. <laughs> but just barely. But all yeah. the stuff burned up. Right. Right. I can't, for the life of me, find it. I don't know why I sh- I'm horrible at memorizing the scriptures. But, but yeah, back the addresses to the, always kill me. Yeah. But, you know, the idea being that, um, you know, this stuff is going to burn. It's not going to last. And I think that um, we lose sight of that so much. And we put our, our stock in things that are ultimately worthless. Yep. You know? Yep. Um, you, you know, the whole thing, you can't take it with you is so true, right? You know, I believe this. Is it not John's probably first Corinthians? I, I, think, I think I actually stumbled on it. Um. Yeah, I, I, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Ha. Yes, and I didn't have to use Google. I was, that's was awesome. I was, was going to try, but I was trying to listen to you at the same time. Right, right? I, like, I know. Well, I can only do one thing that, at a time. Just ask Angie. <laughs> isn't that funny, though, in the dialogue of it, when we're doing this discussion, if we're not careful, we, we'll be in such a hurry. And it's especially hard, you guys, when like doing this on video yeah. is especially, it's more, it's more difficult because part of what we're trying to do is we don't want to have the 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 quiet the awkward silence we don't want we don't want it to be you know we want it to be productive and 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 move along but the reality is is we're wrestling through some of this there's times where we're looking for passages and we don't know the address yeah and that that's part that's really part of looking this up yeah and you're right it's first corinthians 3 um yeah but we you know why we found it why because you knew enough about it you you had the prince you had the core of it and, yeah. and we can talk about those things and we can wrestle with it. And, and I, I just started thumbing through several passages where, where I'm like, I think it could be here. I went and to Matthew first. Yeah. I'm like, I think, nope, that's yeah. not it. Well, let me read it real yeah, quick. Yeah, read it. I so love this passage. Well, I don't totally love this passage, but it, it's yeah. good. First Corinthians uh, chapter 3, verse um, 12. Well, let me back up to verse 10. Oh, yeah. I might as uh, well beat him up the 10 through way. 15. So... 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10 through 15 says, according, uh, according to the grace of God given to me like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it, for no one can lay a foundation other than what, uh, that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. But if anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. So I love that, only as through fire. I get this picture of, you know, I remember 15 years ago doing this with some buddies, and a friend of mine called this out too, and it's stuck with me ever since. It's this picture like, you know, you had all the stuff, you go through the fire and you walk out the other end and you got nothing. You're nothing naked left. and smoke coming off your yep. hair, right? Because you Covered just burn it soot. up and you're all blackened from soot. But you made it. You were saved. Yep. But all that stuff 
is gone. It's yeah. just burned to, to nothingness, yep. right? And, and so when I, when I've always painted that picture ever since reading through this, and I'm never going to forget now, 1 Corinthians 3, I'll remember that. Um, I will not, so you can help <laughs> me next time, because I, I, I miss the addresses all the time. Yeah. But, well, but I, I, I do think it's like when we pursue these things, uh, that's ultimately, what, in the end, that's what we're pursuing. Yep. So why yep. are we pursuing those things so hard? We need things. We need to survive. Absolutely. We need to whatever. Absolutely. But why are we pursuing them so hard? Because yeah. in the end, this end state that we're reading here in James, that's what we'll get. Absolutely. And at the very end is this other picture. It's worthless. And as a believer, you know, we should be laying up treasures that, that survive that fire. Totally. You know, and yes. let's build upon that foundation that will survive that fire because we're all going to go through that fire and everything that we've done and all the things that we bring along will go through that. Yep. But let's, let's build upon the foundation with the things that are going to survive. And, you know, to me, I, everything that I've ever read here, the things that survive are people, the relationships, yep. the souls that you, that you can affect. And that, that's what matters. Right. And, and again, you know, some of these things aren't bad in and of themselves, but when it when it takes away from our ability to do that, um, it's just going to burn. Well, and James gets to that point, right? He says you're defrauding one another. Yeah. You're killing the innocent or the mm. righteous person. Yeah, I mean, Would, he he takes it all the way to the fact that 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 just like you're saying that their pursuit of that actually begins to wound the one thing that they actually had value in in being in in the community and caring for one another and that was the relationships with one another. Mm-hmm. We we were talking about that earlier. What's the reputation of Christian business owners? Sometimes it's good. Yeah. Not not as often as it should be. I'll let uh, you I'll let you continue on this thread. But. I mean uh, unfortunately, there are a ton of times where people would would look at me. I have contractor friends who have said, "I won't do. I don't want to do business with Christians because they're the first ones to cheat me out of my money. They're the first ones to not pay me." Hmm. Brothers and sisters, that ought not be. Yeah, we that should not be how we behave. I mean that that would kind of be an evidence that we're actually living out James chapter five. Yeah. If we're the ones that are cheating other people to try and save a few pennies. Well, and it takes other forms too. I mean, think about in the in, in you know in your career in your job, are you stepping on others to oh, raise yeah. yourself up, or are you yep. serving? Are you you know and you know <laughs> obviously everybody wants to have a good career, want to do yep, those things, yep. and and you know, um, but if it's at the sacrifice of other people, and it's not just a money thing, but it's just it's reputation, it's it's anything else. If you're mm. intentionally s- sacrificing them, yep. And bringing them down for yep. you—that is this to me, right? Right, absolutely. I mean, you're 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 frauding them, you're defrauding yep. them of their what what's right for them. And again, I you know it's not always such an easy um, A or B conversation, but and there's nuance to all of this. But I think in general, I mean, uh, you know, some of the stuff that actually we're covering in our in our uh, Bible study that we have um, in Philippians chapter two. Um, Chapter two, verse uh, one through four, basically is talking about putting others above yourself. And oh yeah. Ultimately, it says, "Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves." Yep. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Right. And and then it goes right into talking about what Jesus did for us. Yeah. Right? The greatest he, example. The greatest sacrifice ever made, and and he came down from heaven and you know gave all that up in order to sacrifice and be a servant to us. Yeah. Right. Um when you really start putting all that perspective, it's like if you're 
if you're frauding, if you're stepping on people to get to the top and all that, that's, that's not even just not quite right. That's the exact opposite of what he's calling us to be. Absolutely. We should be servants to others. Yep. And, you know, in the right situations, those, you know, in, in a business sense, you know what? One, you're going to be more fulfilled personally. But in a, a lot of times, that, that has its own reward, right? Absolutely. And whether you ever make it to the top or not, it, it has its own reward. And I think God recognizes those things. Um, you know, the, the, the hidden things, the things that, you know, the, the public world might not see God, right. God sees those things. Totally. And ultimately, and we, you know, we've hit this many times before too, but this idea of having an eternal perspective outside the scope of, you know, uh, thinking about just this world, but, but thinking about the, thinking about life through that lens first, it's yep. like, what is, what is the real big picture? Right. When a lot of times we go, oh, oh, we're so overwhelmed and consumed by this thing. Yep. But when you really take another step back and think about it eternally and you go, wait a minute, you know, it really does make you think and make it kind of affects the decisions that you'll make. Absolutely. But when we get going 100 miles an hour and thinking about clawing and all that, it's like you lose sight of that so often. And and I think that's in, in these cases, when if you find yourself in these positions, you probably have lost that eternal perspective. Yep. And, and what's it really all about? And again, the, I'm the first to, to admit, I, this is me preaching to myself oh, here, totally. right? I mean, I, I, I struggle, struggle with this stuff all the time, yep. right? And I think we all do in our own ways, but um, that's what I have to remind myself of all the time, yep. is, is thinking about it differently, well, eternally. It, it's so easy for us to get wrapped up in those things and, and then start looking and seeing what other people have and 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 going oh if I had that you we were talking about that if I could just have a little bit more if I could just have a little bit more I, I think there there's that side that is that the the greed side or the coveting side where you want what other people have I think there's there's another side of this too that Jesus himself talks about in uh, Matthew chapter six and it's this idea of fretting or being anxious about life and not not trusting God to provide and so I think sometimes in this pursuit of of money in the pursuit of wealth, it's because we don't trust God, and so we're running hard after it to, because we think we're the ones responsible for our provision, mm-hmm. and, and and we end up really piling into an ang- an issue of anxiety and a mistrust of God. I love that passage. I've I've got a personal story on that one. It's a, uh, you know Matthew chapter six when it talks about not being anxious. Yeah. And, and actually, we just talked about this the other night in our, in our small group too, but not worrying about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got yep. enough problems of itself and all that. My connection to this though, sorry, maybe I'm taking nope. this down a side This track. is what we do. When I was a little kid, I was probably four or five years old. Um, we, we used to go to this little Baptist church down in Prosser, Washington. And, um, and I will never forget it. Somehow, my parents thought it would be cool to give me a pink shirt. Salmon. Salmon shirt, right? Oh, I have a salmon shirt. Salmon. Um, now, as a, as a, on, you want to wear it? Do you have it? We wear them on Sunday. No, I don't have one. Sorry, all my shirts are blue and black. Sorry, <laughs> but I had the I got this pink shirt, right? And as a kid, a little boy, you're like, "Yep, pink. That's girl colors, you know, whatever." And so <laughs> thanks, I, mom, yeah, thanks, mom. And and so I was so worried about it. I was just so worried about this pink shirt and what's everybody going to think about me wearing this stupid pink shirt. And I'll never forget, we're sitting there in church, and I'm just like this, trying to hide, basically. You know, my mom <laughs> leans over, and I don't know, she read it to me or, or had me read it or whatever, but Matthew 6, about not worrying about what you wear and all that stuff. Yep. And after that, I was like, man, I, I just, it just changed me, you know? And I, I just, I, I, my, 
some of this I'm parsing together or piecing together from stories that my parents told me. But, you know, remembering that, that feeling of like, well, yeah, all right, this is cool. And now all of a sudden it's cool to have a pink shirt. Right. You know? <laughs> but anyway, that's my, that's my sidebar story. And well, thanks, Mom, because I'm, I've never forgotten that. There you go. Well, why don't you read it? Okay. Uh, I think it's starting in verse 625. 25. 25, yep. See, I love that. You went right to that text. Yeah. You see that? I didn't. I, all I said was Matthew 6, and you were instantaneously I, <laughs> there. Why? Because you've been in it, and it changed your life. You guys, that's why, that's why I want you, that's why we want you to have open your Bibles and to be opening it and reading it yourselves. Because when you read the text, it'll change your life. And I also want to um, encourage everyone, get a pen and write in your Bible. Yeah, you know, this, the actual paper and leather or whatever it is, that part's not necessarily sacred. The words are sacred, but yep. this man, right in it, put notes. I can't count the number of times I come back to things and I see notes. And I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about it. Hey, I remember. And it's just so, it's encouraging to yourself. Absolutely. You know, to put those. Anyway, so Matthew just, 6 uh, to Yeah, go what, through 34. 20, 25 through 34. 34. Let's read. The, right. You need that whole thing really to get it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, well, actually, in verse 24, <laughs> no one yeah. can serve two masters, for either oh. <laughs> either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And I do think it's but interesting it's because totally it is to talking that. about laying up treasures, right? Yep. And then talks about you yep. can't serve God and money. And then immediately, although in your Bibles it tends to separate that, they have little section headers and things yep. like that, it actually ties right in because the first word in the next sentence on verse 25 is therefore yep right so it's actually tying to that idea of you can't serve god and money yep right and it says therefore i tell you do not be anxious about your life what you'll eat or what you will drink nor about your body what you will put on pink shirts and all right uh it's not life more than food and the body more than clothing look at the birds of the air they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them are you not of more value than they and which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? <laughs> Actually, I want to come back to that because I think that's really pertinent yep, to, yep. to today. But um, are you not of more value than they? And which of you, anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Man, I love that because it yep. just hits you right over the head about it all. And, you know, this idea of being anxious and everything. But I, I think I wanted to jump back to 27 just kind of as another, yeah, as another side note here. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Like all this worry, all this stuff, and all this pursuit and everything. It actually doesn't, you cannot change the day that you are going to die. Right. You're not right. going to add time to your life nope. by doing all this. In fact, you're probably taken away from it. But the day is anointed, right? Our numbers, our, our days are numbered yep. before we're even born. Right. And, right. and I think what's interesting is a lot of times we tend to lose sight of that. Yeah. As a believer, absolutely. 
as a believer, we should actually take solace in that idea, especially now when all the stuff about COVID and everything else is flying around. I mean, yeah, we should be concerned and we should act accordingly or whatever, but should we be worried about dying? Probably not. That should give us peace, if anything, yep, right? Absolutely. And courage and absolutely. everything else to live a courageous life and to do the things that God is calling us to because otherwise, when we're, when we're wrath, or, uh, wracked with anxious and anxiety and worry and all these things, it takes away from our ability to serve and to do those other things because yep. we're, oh my gosh, what am I going to do, right? So anyway, well, we're really what getting was, sidetracked. But. What was the, but it's not sidetracked though because it's the counter to being anxious and, and being... Um, being consumed by the pursuit of money to the point where you're frauding people and murdering people, yeah. it's seek first the kingdom of God. Is it, that's how you counter this. Right. You put your eyes, you put, we put our hearts and our minds towards seeking the, God first, His kingdom, His purposes, His will, and when we pursue Him, He adds, He takes care of these things, and He's the one that fulfills and provides all of those things. So we can trust Him with whatever money we have. We can trust him with whatever provisions we have. We can trust him. Ooh, this is going to be messy. We can trust him with our culture. <laughs> He's got it. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I, I, especially lately with all that's going on, I mean, I, there, I've, I don't know that I've struggled or, or um, wrestled so much on a daily basis yeah. with my faith and, and, what my I believe attitude. about the world, my attitude, right. all yes. this stuff. I don't know. I, there's never been a moment in my life where I've wrestled so much every single day yep. wrestling with this stuff, you know? But at the same time, there's a sweetness to it because I'm wrestling with it and God's working me yep. and I know he's working me. Yep. And sometimes he's pulling me towards things that I don't really want him to pull. I'm like, no, that can't be what you're saying, God. It cannot okay. be. But yet he keeps pulling me towards those things. Yeah. Um, so as much as I am struggling, yep. in fact, I, I, I actually cannot pray for him because I asked my small group last week, I made a comment when, when we were talking about prayer requests is, man, I've just been angry every day. I'm just angry and I'm struggling with that. Right. So you yeah. pray for me for dealing with all my frustration and anger, but, um, you know, it's just, you just wrestle with it so much and there's a goodness in the wrestling. Yep. Right. Um, right. But it's because there's a surrender that comes when we realize yeah. That we got to seek him first, and yeah. we're like, I'm out of control, though. Right. How do I do that? Yeah, yeah, I got to come hey. back. And you know, and I this this also hits me over the head too, because you know, in verse 30, when it says, "Oh, you of little faith," yeah, because ultimately, when I am anxious and struggling and fighting all this stuff, it's like I'm my faith is the problem. Mm -hmm. And you know, look, I know it's hard. I'm anxious. Everybody's got things, right? And and it's not easy. But ultimately, when you really get down to the bottom of it. Boy, in, when we're not trusting God is when we're anxious. Yep. When we're trusting God and we truly rest in what the Word has told us, we should be the most relaxed, the most happy, joyous people yep. on the planet in Absolutely. any circumstance, Absolutely. right? And that's, I mean, I'm, again, I'm preaching myself here. Um, Every time. You know, but hey, I, that's what I want. I think that's what I'm exactly, pursuing. Exactly. Right? It's what we want to be. Yeah, that's what I want to be. Yep. I'm not there, but that's yep. what I want to be. Yeah, hey, I want to encourage you. We have not exhausted James chapter five verses one through Are we six. Out of time already? We're already done. Yeah, we, we have not exhausted it. We have just begun to really work on this. And, and Ben and I are looking at this, saying, "God, what are you teaching us?" I want to really challenge you this week. Do not 
Do not think that this is all there is, but read this text. I want to encourage you, if you do nothing else this week, read this text at least once a day and pray through this and ask God, God, am I trusting you? Am I worshiping money? Am I actually this person that is living in luxury, that is self-indulgent, that is doing all of this stuff for my own sake, denying you, rejecting you, and should I be mourning, should I be weeping and howling at the despair, at the at the desperation of my heart and the blood, the, just the darkness of my heart towards you and towards others and how I'm treating others, how I'm tr- not trusting you, maybe the anxiety that's in my heart about the things that are going on. I want to encourage you to dig in and eat, to, to, to feast on the Word of God, meditate on this, wrestle with what that reality is, because we just barely scratched the surface. This is us just talking out loud. <laughs> I, I, there's so much more in here. You, and even in this, I, I, I feel like the Lord redirected us to different passages that we hadn't even talked about yet. That was part of that weaving process through. So find someone else, open this text, read through it, wrestle with it, talk about it, and watch what God does when we seek Him and we seek His uh, inspiration for His direction, for His will, for His wisdom. He will show up, He will speak into your life through His Word if we open it and engage it and wrestle with it. One of the great privileges that we have is to hear from the Lord yeah. through His Word and through prayer. I want to encourage you to take advantage of it. Man, Ben, thank you. Yeah, It is such a joy for me to do this, to, to get this time to be able to wrestle and talk through and watch you get excited <laughs> and passionate. I, I Remember just, I told I you I think this. out loud. Right? I know, but I love it. It's, it is such a, it's an encouragement, and it, it's what we need to do. It's, it's really the, it's the joyful reality of being the church. And this is more important, I think, even than hearing some goofball preach on a Sunday morning. It's it's us engaging the Word of God together and sharpening one another, and it's the great privilege of the church. So I appreciate you being here. It is yeah. a joy to do this. I love well, your heart. I love your passion, and I love how God's using you to encourage and sharpen me, and I hope you have found it to be equally encouraging and sharpening. And uh, man, if, if this has been encouraging, would you share this with somebody and, and, and challenge them? Go and get your Bible out, share this, and go get the Word and wrestle with it with them uh, and watch what God does. Have a good night. God bless you guys. We'll see you later. See you, everybody.